All right, welcome to episode nine of Cold Beer Hot Tapes. I'm Kieran. I'm Tim. And this week for our ninth episode, we're talking about uh, Toronto-based pop punk band Pup's latest album, Morbid Stuff. Came out about two weeks ago. Um, you know, we've been listening. We've been kind of we've kind of been sitting on this one for a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's a uh it's an interesting it's a, probably the first time we've really dived into something like this on on the on the show yeah i mean i, I guess uh mellow yellow is kind of a a preview of where this ended up going but i was pleasantly surprised i've never had an aversion to pop punk but you know i think it kind of gets a bad rap for being a little juvenile but i think that this really handled like adulthood in a really deft way which was well, okay, as much of an adult as a pop punk band could be, but you you know what I'm kind of getting at, right? Yeah, like this is this album's like a pretty. It's got like a lot of the it, so this this album is it's a pretty hard driving anthemic pop punk album that kind of wallows in depression, anger, nihilism. It still takes a lot of cues from like hardcore punk and maybe to some extent like Heartland rock a little bit, and maybe not yeah. as much for that. Um, but this isn't like the teeny bopper not pop punk we grew up with. Um, it's fun and it has some playfulness, even though again the lyrical themes here are very morbid. But unlike you know your your Blink One Twos or your No FXs or kind of like the pop punk bands we sort of grew up with and maybe were exposed to, um, it doesn't revel in immaturity in the same way, whereas those bands mm. very much embraced it thematically in their own shitheadedness, and in this case, there is a shitheadedness to it, um, but not co- like not in a juvenile fashion, more of like a, hey, I'm an adult and my life is kind of fucked uh, yeah. sort of way, which is, which is much different. And much um, more relatable, but at the same time, it's like everything feels so empathetic as you said that it's like all right you know they're going through it too right now we're in a field my t-shirt's soaked in beer i'm fist pumping (laughs) because they get it yeah that's uh you know there's like it has all like the structure of pop punk and the catchiness um there's some really great like scream along tracks in here like shit that you're screaming along about relationship failure or you lost your job or you're wallowing in your own dark despair thoughts. because you realize there's no god or something yeah <laughs> which yeah there's definitely uh shades of that um i was telling you at uh dad jeans shout out dad jeans uh i was in the burbs last weekend i'm like I, I gotta give this a spin because there's just something special about listening to pop punk in a japanese compact and you know every stoplight you know i'm just Head banging, like yeah, this is exactly how I expected to feel at twenty five. But <laughs> at the same time, though, even though I feel like, especially on what was what track was it where he specifically mentions running into like an X in the produce section of a grocery store buying organic foods. Um, is that free at last? Yeah, I think it's free at last or see you at your funeral. I'm like, this is like the polite toronto kids like album length statement of uh chances verse on a uh, baby blue where it's all kind of petty but it's not like ill will you know what i mean yeah it's um I, you know that and that's what i think where it it sheds itself this is a uh, hold on let me let me confirm the song you're you, you think it's free at last is that it yes that sound that sounds right um 
or I think it's see you at your, see you see you at your funeral. I just want to um, confirm. Either, oh yeah, it's see you at your funeral. Um, you know what? I was thinking about this, and I'm like, we're talking about the, 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 the it's not very juvenile. Like it, there's kind of like a fuck you element to um, see you at your funeral. Like it's a good old pop punk. There's like a subgenre pop punk music that's just like spitefully reminiscing about a past relationship or like shout out Juice World <laughs> or talking about that encounter. Um, you know, it's spiteful and but not nearly as petty. Um, and it seems like more of an acknowledgement of like, I'm having this interaction against my better judgment because of the pain it'll cause me, but they also actually seem genuinely curious about their ex. Um, and they just realize like this song kind of handles this encounter, which is a very specific kind of encounter, which a lot of like male pop artists that really kind of dig into like angst cover with a very deft and like somewhat respect respectful hand like i feel like if blink 182 or one of those bands did this, I don't did this it'd, be, it it'd be it'd be so corny it'd be corny it'd also probably be like really misogynistic garbage yeah, yeah like uh and it's kind of encouraging to see a pop punk like ben actually managed to not be like to be shitheads but in their own recklessness not like necessarily problematic human beings yeah i i honestly think the big portion of that is probably because they're canadian why because they just seem like good-natured kids from toronto that are just kind of punks that and when i was you know doing my wikis and everything um they came up with pup after rebranding from topanga because what was it uh yeah (laughs) tremendous uh underuse of potential or something or uh or uh Pathetic waste, pathetic use of potential. Yeah, the, which I'm like, acronym. you know, I'm sure that there is an overbearing hockey mom that is upset that these kids didn't didn't go to <laughs> Ryerson get their degree in business administration. I think they did all go to Ryerson though. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I definitely am going to go back in the discography and keep looking. But um, I think Scott was saying this is m- way more straight up, like punky than their previous outings or vice versa um i their last album um uh, i'm I'm blanking on the name here i'm gonna uh i I was listening to it because there's some uh really good songs like dvp and um the dream is over was their last album um i'd say this isn't as straightforward um punk and doesn't have as many hardcore cues as their last album and some of their previous stuff did to me. At least based on what I've listened to, I, I haven't like listened to their first album before I listened to The Dream's Over. Aside from this, but um, it's still it's it's definitely poppier, and I imagine that's because they're getting bigger exposure. But they've always been kind of like a very melodic band, um, and this this album definitely. Gets a little bit more cleaner on the choruses, a little more sing-along worthy tunes in here. Um, the last album, Dreams Over, has a lot more um, screaming <laughs> and, and, and a much harder edge to so it. So yeah. much more like... Uh, in, in based on my memory, yeah. No, more like I, a full-blown full meltdown more than kids. Not quite. It's somewhere in the middle. Like, full-blown meltdown like goes like the route of like a, almost like a thrash metal song I in its breakdown. Song. And, and it's, it's really good, and I like it for that reason. And it's extremely heavy. Um... And, and and I don't I, but I don't think the dream is over quite goes it goes 
as far, but like the first song that comes to mind is DVP, which is my favorite. The song that got me into Pup, um, and I really like it. But it kind of has the same pop structure, popular like like vocal structure you'd expect with these songs, but much faster, mm. much more aggressive, not as melodic. Like oh, like more just. It's a chorus you're going like these ones are like yell along twos. These one like that album has more scream along to it kind of songs. Okay, because honestly, one of the things that kind of I that kind of stuck out to me is like I don't know if this, I haven't listened to like a pop punk album in a while, but I can't tell if I love or hate the lead vocals. Oh, really? what do you mean? Like I, he can clearly carry a tune and he knows how to get a, like a hook going, but I don't know if I like his voice. I, it has that like whininess you would kind of associate with pop punk music. Like it is a really typical. I feel like it's not nothing new, and it clearly his voice feels like very limited in terms yeah. of the scope of what it can do. Um, not saying it's bad because they have a lot of like really well constructed songs here, but there is clearly a breaking point of like how yeah much his voice can carry a song here. Because um, not not nearly as jarring. Because, like, you know, it, it is really outputting to me, but I got a lot of shades of uh, Tom DeLonge from Blink-182 in terms of vocal styles. I mean, but, like, nasally high-pitched, like, dude voices is, like, the staple of pop-punk music. Why isn't there a pop-punk with <laughs> this, like, a hearty baritone? Just like, oh, my heart life wasn't that hard because I sounded like this since I was 15. I, I don't know. It's just like, <laughs> it's like the brattiness of the genre in general. Mm, like, ah, the, okay. the, like the kind of like the snot-nosed punk element of like being the, the bratty skate kid, like kind of, I feel like lends itself more to being high-pitched, you know, Tom DeLonge-esque vocals. Man, I, I remember singing like singing Blink-182 in high school, like, you know, like way, like a 2009, like way past their prime. And it was just like, mm, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> like, like these, uh, it's already have like a 45 year old man like singing these, <laughs> singing these vocals. But at least they like they're singing these kind of things. At least on like like pup, they do dive into screaming a lot and yeah. not quite like hardcore like full throated like like kind of thing, but more of like it's 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 fucking yelling. Yeah. Like a lot, a lot of this shit is yelling. There's the choruses on this album are almost overwhelmingly yelling. Yeah, I, I mean, come on, it's great though because it's like I after listening to this twice, I'm like, I gotta see these guys live. <laughs> yeah, and like that was my my main takeaway. I kept listening to this. I'm like, I want to go to a concert and I just want to like yell this shit at the top of my lungs. Like, uh, like Scorpion Hill. Um, about halfway through the album, it's like a typical. Uh, life sucks song the the chorus is uh down and out i've been on, i've been on the rocks i've been having some pretty dark thoughts but it's like a super melodic very catchy chorus that i really really like latched onto the first time i listened to it um it also easily has some of the darkest lines on the album um some lines this is one uh she said i found the gun it was buried beneath piles of clothes yeah. in the sun where your room sleeps so like it went down a very very dark road here um at least from from uh, in a lyrical perspective and like the album kind of dives into it i think that might be the most straightforward like truly morbid really like 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 not like kind of more but like oh wow all right fuck like kind of moment on the album but especially because it kind of goes back and forth it's like yeah. early for early verse boss called me i got laid off yeah then next verse 
<laughs> I fell asleep at the wheel working the night shift. Yeah, it goes down the spiral real fast. But then, oh, picture of my kid. He's smiling. Yeah, it's the first day of school. And then immediately after, you mentioned the I found the gun is buried beneath the pile of clothes where your, your son sleeps. Like, man, and these are, these are major chords. And none of this sounds sad, which I guess is like, that's just effective juxtaposition. They are all, yeah. I, I mean, like, they are all, all major chords, and that's kind of like the the part that I was catching myself because I almost kind of like wanted to yell along to this, but I'm also like, this is dark as fuck. Yeah. Um. It. But that being said, like, this is like a great emotional pop punk song. This song and the one after it, uh, closure have two like really great yellow long choruses, like the kind of shit that you go to like a punk show and you're kind of in a sweaty pit, not necessarily a mosh pit, but like in the crowd and you're just kind of yelling the shit along as they go. Um, it's, it's like a lot of fun. And these two songs, like even though they have good choruses and, and you know, I think pop punk is often equated with simplicity. Like I feel like the song right here is like fairly complex. There's some, compelling changes of tempo you have some interesting like punk breakdowns in the song uh some of the you know the changes in tempo are sort of dramatic like that really hard charge to the end of the song that gets broken up by uh like a very melodic somber um guitar melody or guitar guitar riff and it's a i don't know i i feel like this way on closure as well like they have really good songwriting sensibilities yeah, that like they they're not just chugging away on power chords the entire time like they like to change it up they like to really experiment with melody and rhythm and it really like they will speed things up slow them down like yeah. change up how abrasive they get in the texture of their music and it's really interesting in that regard because uh you know Again, pop punk often gets equated with simplicity fairly, but like this does not feel like that on a lot of these songs. Yeah, because you know a lot of it is that you know, especially that we're older and I think have at least somewhat of a better grasp of articulating why we like things. Yeah, um, <laughs> hope so. The older you get, the more you realize that a song being simple does not necessarily mean that it's bad, and also that a song seeming simple is also really deceptive. And mm. I think. One of the ones that was uh, kind of good at art- expressing that for me on this one was Bloody Mary, uh, Kate and Ashley. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's a very like, funny line, too. Yeah. yeah. That whole, like, are you real or fake? Like, that yeah. kind of emphatic, like, almost like nursery rhyme is kind of swing it has to yeah. it. It's like, this seems way easier than it probably was to pull off without it sounding corny. But also sounding engaging and wanting to sing, like yell it back at your headphones. It also like felt very like that kind of like you could get that very like sway feeling of it. Like I've I've been to like some punk shows over and I've listened like over the course of my life and I've listened to some like a lot of punk punk bands and there's certain things that cue you into like what the motion in the crowd is and you could tell yeah. like that one very particular <laughs> has that effect and the same thing with like closure like you could kind of tell what the vibe that they're trying to, or like the, the reaction they're trying to get out of a crowd from was a lot of these songs. And however simple those seem, cause maybe they're just like so familiar. The way they pull them off is like, they managed to like plug them into like very melodic, not a, you know, very melodic songs that change it up that are like not simple in their construction as they initially seem. But even though those moments are very, very familiar. Yeah. And, to the point that honestly, now looking back at the track list and just like going through the lyrics again, it's like 
Honestly, they could probably play this album front to back, and it has basically the perfect flow for a forty-five minute concert. A hundred percent agree. Because uh, they, you know, by the end of the album, "City" is probably the most mellow song on the album, and it kind Classic of classic. Raise your lighters, yeah, kinda, like kind of morose. Like if anyone's lost anybody, but uh, <laughs> but like I, I really want to see them live, and I'm a little upset that I just realized that they. I don't even know how long it's been sold out, but they're going to be at Brooklyn Steel next week. A while. But there's always stuff. Torn again in uh, September too. Added a bunch of stops. Yeah, um, I, I would like to see them live. I almost saw them live with Jeff Rosenstock at uh, what's that park in Williamsburg? Uh, McCarran Park. McCarran Park. Yeah, they're doing something like there for the uh, Northside Festival that they do every summer with like all those like small shows over the. It's a good festival. Everywhere. They had a they had a free pup at Jeff Rosenstock show like two years ago. Nice. Tried to get tried to go, but I ended up hanging out with my parents, which was much different. Wash nice. Yeah, hate like my parents. <laughs> I'm gonna go have a free meal with them. <laughs> uh, yes, it was great. Um, Jeff Rosenstock just one off note: if you're into this kind of adult, uh, just griping about the world, existential dread pop punk. Uh, Jeff Rosenstock is great. He's from. He's used to be with Bomb in the music industry. I feel like he's a staple of like the New York punk scene um like a warp tour vet in himself um he's very long island suburban punk guy i'm pretty sure he's from like nassau county but um this is a one-off but um yeah like what were your favorite tracks in this one what what would what, you latch on to the most okay so uh i was latching on to kids bloody mary kate nashley and full balloon meltdown but honorable me- mention to um well, free at last, just because the line "just because you're sad again, it doesn't make you special at all" is something we all need to hear. At some point in my life, that kind of lyric might have been sobering when I was being maybe like a shitheaded college student, which is not that long ago, and uh, yeah. <laughs> or or high schooler. Like, um, yeah, that one is like it's a little on the nose. And even when they get into it later on with um full full blown meltdown, like when they have that like uh, I know I fetishize sadness, uh, but I do it too, and I like it or whatever was some to yeah. to some extent. It's like they're kind of winking at kind of some of the tr- emotional tropes that you see with this kind of music. But Which I, I like that. And I remember first episode when we were talking James Blake, we're like, hmm, are we drawn to artists that fetishize sadness? And you know, we've moved on to artists that have literally just kind of been winking at it, which is, which <laughs> is good. Which is good. Is, is that subverting it though in any way? I think so. I mean, you know, it's one thing to acknowledge something and then not make any efforts to change it, but just kind of like the emotional level of the album, kind of is like, no, they're winking at it because they're pretty good at being, you know. I think this this album's good at kind of articulating that, you know, a 20-something-year-old male has more emotional depth than they tend to let on. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's true. Obviously, it's a matter of expressing it, I feel like, is the Mm, issue in that case. But I feel like this is very... This album's very expressive, but... Often in like only it only deals in negative emotions. I wonder if that was like a thematic choice for the album overall. With like it's called, it's called morbid, morbid stuff, yeah. morbid stuff. Everything here is morbid, yada yada yada. But like, I don't know. I I I don't think they quite do enough to subvert a lot of those tropes within you the like pop punk hardcore emo space. But at least like winking at it is. Better than going like full throttle, yes. like not not a uh, not, not death race for death race for excuse me death race for love, um because 
really just kind of going back to the punk pop punk sensibilities and shout out Scott again. I guess the next closest thing I could think of that kind of evokes pop punk that's around lately is Juice World, and he revels in all the bad parts of it. Yeah. So this was a refreshing change in that, like, hey, okay, there's more to like a breakup than just wallowing in despair. I mean, and there's also more to just the fuck you aspect of it too. But here, at least, they're having fun with it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little bit more lively and focused on like living than like ab- just. Outright despair. I, don't, I, you know, and again, I always feel like it just kind of deals with more adult themes. And I kind of think like almost of like Joyce Manor, not quite as hardcore as them, but they're almost kind of pop punk, and they, you know, play a little more in like the deft hand at dealing with like more adult or like like not adult themes, but like themes of like this shit's not really relevant lyrically to. Well, an 18-year-old as much as it might be to, like, a 25-year-old or a 28-year-old, you know? And yeah. I, I feel like it takes a lot of the good things I like about the structure of pop-punk music, which makes it interesting and why a lot of people like it, because it is poppy and, it you know, it's memorable. But, like, separating itself in a lot of ways from a lot of those shitty tropes that, you know, yes. like Juice World or, or you know, older pop punk bands we get into, or a lot of older emo bands, which are kind of having their reckoning nowadays because of yes. that. Um, but, you know, if, at least lyrically from a thematic perspective, it doesn't deal in that sort of shit. It still acknowledges, like, hey, I'm kind of a shitty person at times, but not, but because, like, I can't hold on a job and also I'm angry, you know, not necessarily, but it doesn't seem directed at everyone. It doesn't feel toxic. Yes, which I think is a. It's a big point of these kinds of things because, you know, not all bands can grow and not all bands are bands that you feel like you can grow with. Like, I I don't know if it was at some party we were at or something, but it might have just been this is a one-off comment, but you're like, Red Hot Chili Peppers makes uh, songs for 12-year-olds no matter what decade it is <laughs> because i don't know what it is about the red hot chili peppers but like when you're 12 you're just really into them even though like okay there's they're kind of musically interesting but there's no lyrical depth i can't listen to them at all now at this point in my life i it, just don't give a shit at all they're not for us anymore no they're that yeah no they're not <laughs> whereas these guys you know i'm i don't know what they grew up on but they feel like they're at a similar place in life with us and it's nice to be able to kind of plug in the people that are good at evoking that and not just kind of clinging on to the past. Yeah. Because it's easy to do that and sometimes when you already have a fan base, you can kind of lean into that and nobody will call you out on it. That's true and they seem to be like approaching the quarter life crisis angst in a very articulate manner for a pop punk band and a bunch of kind of like shitheaded dudes from from St. Catharines and Toronto, Ontario. Like I and I and I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh you know, actually call kind of also I don't I mean not not like musically per se, but this kind of uh drew me back to American Dream, the uh past uh, L C D sound system album. How so? Just in that it kind of has that like moroseness of like it it's kind of sad but not really. Cause you yeah. can still like move to it. <laughs> yeah, in in the sense that like it it's like the fleeting notion of like I'm sad right now, but I have to, but I'm gonna keep moving, you know. Like yeah. in that sense, like you feel like it's kind of like you feel sad on the train, but then you shake yourself out of it, kind of feeling, you know. I mean, that's the thing you're gonna wallow in all day, but a lot of times you're gonna be like, all right, fuck, I gotta, I gotta get back to it, you know. Yeah, which is good because you know I, after a while, 
even even the sad person gets a little like, okay, maybe I should listen to something else. <laughs> I I don't I don't disagree. Um, but yeah, no, there's some good life suck songs on here. Uh, my my personal favorites uh, were Scorpion Hill. Kind of has some like heartland rock sort of like boppiness to it you know in the beginning where it's like not really the abrase of guitars and it's kind of just like oh not not quite finger picked but the guitar melody is very like straightforward not distorted um but then it picks up it moves around but there is that's kind of where i was alluding to and i want to tie back the heartland rock element from earlier yeah that that uh that like ran and flowersy mid-aughts killers Kind of, or was like a little Springsteen-y, like yeah, like classic yeah. rock sort of like that's kind of where I was like Tom Petty sort of thing, not quite, but like there was it, it, it evoked that for me. Also, like the general like blue collar nature of this music, it like really ties back to that. I feel um, that it's probably better. It's probably a better thematic comparison for like subject matter for Heartland Rock, like a better parallel for that than like the Killers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> fuck the killers! <laughs> fuck the killers! I don't. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Fuck the killers! All right. <laughs> yeah. Yo, <laughs> well, all right. Fine. Everyone, so you're gonna yeah, say? <laughs> no. I mean, uh, it's just a really random aside. I don't know what it is about Toronto-based artists, but because I'm just looking at some of the song titles from this album, and I'm thinking of some like Jazz Cartier song titles, some Drake song titles. Like, God, what's wrong with you guys? <laughs> so it's like, like see, see you at your funeral, Jazz Cartier. See you in hell. Drake, um, Scorpion Hill. Yeah, it's like all these <laughs> like, like, yeah, man, yeah, like, yeah, guys, yeah. like calm down. Sometimes it's not that serious, and it's usually they they don't always allude to the title and the song. But like, come on, guys. There's a lot of there's a lot of sad boys up in Toronto. Yeah, a lot of melodrama in the cold. But um, I really liked uh, Scorpion Hill. I really like Closure a lot. Um, I feel like Closure might be a great concert closer, uh, with that big big chorus at the end. Um, full blown meltdown is a just, it's a fucking thrash song. Yeah. I love it. Um, and I also really like um, free at last a lot. Uh, those are those are probably my top four tracks from the album that I really really clung to. Um, what's your what's your final final take on this one? This was just it was refreshing because like you know last week we were talking about um you know palate cleansers and stuff yeah. and. Really, late like last couple of weeks, I've just been listening to that new Steve Lacey song, Caius, Queens of the Stone Age, and this, and I I've been very satisfied with that. Just out of like, okay, you know, I am honestly mostly a hip hop guy late of the last couple of years, but like it's good to, you know, go explore other things again. It's a yeah, it's quarter it's quarter life crisis pop punk that like doesn't completely suck shit. It's uh, a yeah. I'm 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 a, I'm a fan of it. It's it's good. I I would recommend this one. Um, I've only I li- listened to a lot over the past few years. I don't know how long it's gonna like hold my attention for a long term, but this is a band that I would absolutely love to go see live. And if you love screaming along to anthemic punk music, like look no further. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's just because we've finally gotten to that point where it's starting to feel like spring, even though it's almost May already. Yeah. This is a real good, like, windows down cruising album for whoever actually has access to a car that listens. Yeah, if you have, <laughs> if you have access to a car and you listen to this podcast, please play this album in your car. Let us know how it sounds, because neither of us have cars.
Actually, and then and speaking of, just also spin uh, mellow, mellow Yellow and uh, Coffee, too. Cause yeah, those, I'm like sure those bump in a whip. Yeah, like, I think, like, yeah, I feel like they're they're all kind of, yeah, they're driving home from work. You're kind of pissed at the shitty day you had. Put this album on. Tell us about it. Yes, because I think I think this is a good energy for this because my pissed coming home from work album used to be Yeezus, and that's just not sustainable. Nope. <laughs> so Nope. You gonna splice this one in? All right. Well, yeah. This is a, this is a hot tape. Morbid stuff by Pup. Um, would definitely recommend. Anyway, this is episode nine of Cold Beer Hot Tapes. I am Kieran. I am Tim. And uh, tune in for episode ten coming soon. Peace. Later.